Previously on Sammy Magic. Over the next few weeks, Sammy begins his classes at Wizard Harvard, transformation class with Professor Kitty Cat, herbology with Plant Lady, and of course, Charms, which was taught by good old Lil' Professor Gubbins. That broomstick flew upwards, and Sammy flew higher than he had ever gone in his entire life. I want to invite you onto the Lionheart's Wizard football team as our official seeker. And we have a wizard fight. Are those footsteps are here in my castle? Your children are supposed to be asleep. Don't make me send the cat after you. A loud sniff. Multiples of them coming from directly in front of them. But all they could see was darkness. I'm going to count to three. And when I do, we're all going to turn around and run back to our rooms real nice like... I haven't told you about the spell Cruciventus. Oh boy, it's a good one. Drives them mad, leaves them in arduous pain for time in and time out until they go crazy. The morning after their unfortunate entry into the corridor on floor three, Sammy and Greg were sitting having breakfast across from one another, Greg trying his best to understand why Sammy was tossing and turning throughout the entire night. So you're just not going to tell me, or... What? There's nothing to tell. I was having nightmares. Yeah, nightmares, I'm sure. Greg returns to his meal, still pondering why exactly his best friend wouldn't tell him exactly what had gone on the night before. So, what do you think that dog was guarding, anyways? I mean, it could be something dangerous, it could be riches. Do you think there's gold in the castle? No, that's ridiculous. If there was gold, they'd put it in McDrake's. I mean, that's the safest place in the Wizarding Kingdom. Oh, yeah, McDrake's. Certainly haven't been any break-ins there. What? What are you talking about? Look at this. And with that, Greg pulled out a newspaper reading, Break-in at McDrake's Bank. Sammy grabs the newspaper and reads through, discovering the story of a man who had somehow gotten past all of the defenses... And apparently wasn't afraid of roller coasters, despite Daisy's claim that most thieves were. I don't understand. They said the vault they went to was empty. Why would they do that? The bear. What? When I was at McDrake's, the bear left to go get something from a vault. Apparently he must have got whatever they were looking for before they got there, which means... They knew the break-in was coming. Exactly. And that means whatever was in that vault must now be... The two men stare at each other in awe. Hiding underneath that dog! Okay, we've got to tell somebody. There's there's a dog, and I don't know, do you think the bear stole it? Do you think the bear uh, took it for somebody? I, I don't understand. I, I think we need to go talk to the bear about it, right? And before Sammy could complete that sentence, dozens of owls come flying through the windows, each bringing letters, which did somewhat remind Sammy of that unfortunate fight with his uncle right before the bear took him away to Wizard Harvard. What's going on? Sammy looks up at Greg, who reaches up to an owl and pulls down a letter from his parents. He reads through it lovingly, while Sammy kept looking around, praying that some owl would bring him a letter from his parents, praying that he'd hear anything from them. But no such letter, no such owl would be found, until suddenly he heard, Oink, 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 oink. He looked down to discover Pigwig with a letter in his mouth, looking very exhausted, having run all the way from the letter office straight to him. Uh, thanks, Pigwig. Sammy pulls it out of the pig's 
albeit very slimy mouth, and opens it and begins to read. Dear Sammy, this is your father here, uh, uncle, unfortunately, um, just writing to you to let you know that even though you left on some bad terms, I just wanted to let you know you always have a spot in this house, despite, uh, despite what Ma said, despite what Lil Stinker thinks about you, you will always have a place in my home, Sammy. I hope things are going well for you at school. Uh, everything's, everything's fine here. There's, there's nothing wrong at all. It's, things are going perfectly fine for, for me, Sammy. The writing in the letter became frantic at this moment, causing Sammy to raise an eyebrow. Have no worries about us, Sammy. The stinkers are strong and they'll make it through anything. Speaking of, I wanted to send you something. I found it the other day in our attic while cleaning it out, and I figured you'd want to have it. And then Sammy looked in the envelope to discover a long golden chain with a golden locket at the end of it. Sammy clicked it open, and it revealed a picture of him as a baby, that squiggly line scar decorating his forehead, and on the other side, he saw Ma Stinker, he saw Paw Stinker, and two individuals standing behind them, one with beautiful brown hair that looked exactly like Sammy, and another with a beautiful, gorgeous, resplendent smile staring directly into the camera, and Sammy knew he was looking at his parents. For the first time in his life, Sammy got to lay eyes on his parents, and tears began to well up as he slowly closed the locket, as Greg looked over at him with a smile. Well, what'd the letter say? Oh, it's just from my uncle. He, um, he, um, he, he found this, and he wanted me to have it. It's, it's no big deal, really. It's nice necklace magic. Oh, I always knew you were the type. Here, let me put it on, really, really. I mean, I'm already decorated from head to toe in gold. I figured you'd like to feel a little bit of the richness yourself. I have more money than you. What? You think you think you've got more money than the Snakemans? Really? Why don't you take them to McDrake's and show them the gold personally? They'll never find the body. Please shut up. Oh, I'm not gonna shut up. I'm very impressed. Look at it. It's a cute little heart for a cute little boy named Sammy Magic. Unfortunately, cute can only get you so far, sweetheart. It's gonna take skills. And if I've learned anything, it's that Sammy Magic has skills. Professor Kitty Cat announces, walking up behind Barry Snakeman, placing a hand on his shoulder before placing a wrapped gift in front of Sammy. It was long and thin, with the ends splayed out, covered up in wrapping paper, but we all knew what it was. Sammy excitedly reaches forward and begins ripping the wrapping paper off of it, each revealing beautiful golden inlay, a beautiful oak exterior, and... Basically just straw at the end. There's not really a way to make a broom fancy in that respect. It was a Boomstick 5000, one of the most beautiful broomsticks ever produced, and one of the keys that would help Sammy Magic succeed on the Lionheart's wizard football team. 
I figured you probably needed a new broom. I heard something happened to yours, Sammy. Professor Kitty Cat comments while glaring down at Barry Snakeman. What are you looking at me for? I didn't do anything. I tried to tell Snips and Snails to stop, but no, they won't listen to me. Ah, yes, well, uh, that does remind me, Mr. Snakeman. You, um, I believe I overreacted the other day when it came to taking your broom, so I'd like to give you it back. Professor Kitty Cat looks at him with a smirk before reaching behind her back and pulling out Sammy's old broken broomstick. Duct tape holding it together, barely even being able to hold its shape. And she hands it over to Barry Snakeman, who looks down at it and winces. My daddy will hear about this! And he runs off holding that broken broomstick, which halfway through his hissy fit breaks in two once again and knocks him on the head, leading to a group of lion hearts laughing at him from a nearby lunch table. Don't laugh at me! This is... this is ridiculous! He leaves with a start, as Kitty Cat looks down at Sammy, who's still admiring this Boomstick 5000, this beautiful piece of broom. Another message for you, Sammy. Um, the doctor is ready to see you, if you know what I mean. She means Dr. Touchdown, Sammy whispers to Greg, whose eyes light up with glee as he claps over and over again, excited that his best friend was getting to go spend a couple of hours with Ollie Goodsport, Dr. Touchdown himself. I knew you just wouldn't be able to keep that secret to yourself, Sammy. Kitty Cat smiles as Sammy gets up and rushes towards the wizard football field. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. Glad to see you made it, big man. Time to teach you the basics. Well, I already know quite a bit. I know the field goal, of course, where you kick it through the uprights for three points. I know if you get four downs, the ball goes to the other team. I know, well, of course, you would know a touchdown is seven points. I think I... No, 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 no. You don't need to worry about any of that, big man. You leave the football to me. You leave the touchdowns to the doctor. All you need to worry about is this. Dr. Touchdown smiles as he picks up a small wooden case and unlatches it to reveal a small sleeping bird, made of beautiful bronze with bright, piercing blue eyes. Dr. Touchdown gives it a nudge under its beak, forcing it to open its eyes before standing up with a start and perching on his finger. Sammy Magic, allow me to introduce you to the Bronze Falcon. The Bronze Falcon salutes as it hears its name. Well, he seems pretty calm. I don't think it'd be that hard for me to catch him. Yeah, that's where you're wrong. This is him in his, well, let's call it normal state. But when the game begins, he gets tapped with one of these. He pulls out a small wooden wand with a special rune attached to the end of it. And when he gets tapped with this, he goes into a mode that we like to call Berserker? Berserker? Dr. Touchdown taps the bronze falcon and those blue eyes suddenly turn a bright red as it frantically rushes at Sammy before jutting into the air, flying around maniacally, diving and attacking him every few minutes. Whoa, 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 okay, okay, I get it, I get it! This sucks! I'm glad you understand. Dr. Touchdown then casts a spell from the rune, shooting up to hit the bronze falcon whose eyes once again return to blue. You see, in your gloves are going to be two specific runes, much like the one at the end of this wand. 
Those runes have to touch this falcon for approximately five seconds, and it will return him to this normal, calm form. Otherwise, he's going to be a maniacal killing machine in the air, and he will not stop until you're dead. This is still a game for children, right? Ah, yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. Touchdown responds in a manner that really does not convince Sammy it's true. So what do you say, big man? You ready to catch the falcon? I can certainly try. Thunder rolls overhead as the bronze falcon is tapped with that wand and goes into berserker mode, flying through the air as Sammy Magic frantically goes after to catch it. His skills were great, but not great enough to go after the bronze falcon. He'd reach out with one of those beautiful runic gloves, but neither were able to ever touch the bronze falcon. Eventually, a thunder crash sounds behind him, and... You know... This is starting to sound like it wasn't in Harry Potter. Like playing sports in a thunderstorm. This sounds like it's from a different book and... What is that music playing? Cut it out, cut it out! Anyways, Sammy finally gets closer to the Falcon than he's ever gotten throughout his entire practice there. He reaches out frantically, fingertips inches away from touching the Falcon when suddenly the Falcon dive-bombs down, forcing Sammy to flip upside down and fall towards the Earth. Sammy nearly plummeted 25 feet, when of course, none other than Dr. Touchdown himself shot off the ground on his broom, catching Sammy before he came face-to-face with the Earth. Alright, kid, that was a good practice. No, 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 I I almost had him, I almost had him! Yeah, 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 of course you did. That's what they all say the first time, don't worry about it. But, I'm gonna need you to go to class, because, in case you couldn't tell, you won't be much good to us dead. So please, leave it for now, and you'll get it next time. Okay. Dr. Touchdown once again zaps the bronze falcon, forcing it to go back into its wooden case, back for its eternal slumber, as Sammy went off to little Professor Gubbins' class, where they're learning the art of levitation. A small feather sits in front of each of our heroes as little Professor Gubbin explains. Alright, children, what you're gonna want to do is pull out your wand, focus all of your energy into the wand, stare at the feather, and cast Levitato. Levitato. Harmony smiles as that feather slowly begins to lift up in front of her. Roughly two-thirds of the class's feathers begin to lift up. Sammy was having a little bit of trouble, but the main person who was struggling was Greg. Levitato! Levitato! Greg continued to repeat over and over and over, the feather merely staying in place, its only movement coming from the wind whipping off of Greg's hands, frantically moving it forward. Harmony smirks as she looks over at him. (laughs) Greg, it's a levitato, not levitato. You're not going to boil it, mash it, put it in a stew. Harmony laughs at Greg alongside a few other classmates as the young ginger looks back down at that feather. Levitato. The feather began to lift, slowly but surely, but never making it all the way up. As Harmony, meanwhile, was going around the class, helping out other students who were struggling with their feather work. Ugh. Greg grunts. I wish she had ended up with the big nerds. That's all she'll ever be, just a big nerd. He remarks to Sammy, who was meanwhile focusing on trying to get that feather to levitate. 
One person who did hear, however, was Harmony. You see, Greg and Sammy were Harmony's only friends since she had arrived there in Wizard Harvard. They were her first friends, and it hurt hearing Greg say that. It hurt her to her very core, and Harmony looked away from helping the rude boy Samuel Nails with his feather, and instead stood up and began to cry. Greg looked back and saw this, and he wanted to say he was sorry, but also, she was such a know-it-all. Anything that Greg ever did, she would always correct him, and Greg couldn't stand it. He lived his entire life with a family of people older than him, people who knew more about magic than him. He thought when he came to this school, maybe he could be the smart kid. But no, no, Harmony Magic took that spot, and it made Greg mad. But he still couldn't help but feel that urge to rush after Harmony as he saw her leave in a sea of tears. But instead, he sat there feeling guilty. And that guilt lingered with him throughout the rest of Gubbins's class, throughout their time in the lunch halls, throughout all the way up until that night when they arrived in the lunchroom for the annual Halloween feast. You all right there, Greg? Sammy comments as Greg was looking down at his candy, sorting it out each piece one by one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Hello, students! Grumblebum announces from the front of the room, dressed as MC Scat Cat. After all, it was Halloween, and Grumblebum loved to have fun. I hope you're all enjoying your candy. I hope you enjoyed Groundskeeper Williams' trunk-or-treat event. It was very, very fun. But for now, we'd like to... Wait a minute! Wait, wait, wait! The voice of Professor Knave sounds out as all of the students and all of the teachers look to see him running in from one of the nearby halls. We need to get back to our rooms immediately. Let me tell you, there is an ogre on the third floor and he is pissed. He's ran through the men's bathroom. Now he's going to the girls. I don't know what he wants, but you need to get safe now. The entire student body began to stand up and run in panic. Luckily, each house's respective prefects would stand up and attempt to help their students get back to their house rooms. Until Greg remembered something. Harmony. What? Harmony. She's not here. She's certainly not in the dorm rooms I checked earlier. So what do you think she is? And then they both once again heard the voice of Professor Knave. Don't go to the third floor women's bathroom. You know, I hate to be a gambling man, Sammy comments, but I got a feeling she's in the third floor bathroom, isn't she? Greg responds. And both of those heroes rush up to the third floor, avoiding each teacher that managed to get in their way. They stumble up to the third floor corridor, and they hear Harmony crying in a nearby bathroom, and in front of it, they see a massive, towering ogre. Not that kind of ogre. And it busts in to that bathroom and begins to cause chaos, destroying the sinks, ripping out toilets, and flinging them at the walls. And our heroes knew what they had to do. They rushed in with a start. 
And Greg, seeing that ogre about to assault Harmony in that bathroom, just screams out, Levitato! And casts a spell on a nearby toilet lid that rushes up into the air, uppercutting the ogre, sending it back before letting go of the spell and forcing that lid to fall onto its head, colliding with the ogre and sending it to the ground. Greg smiles as he rushes over to Harmony, attempting to save her, when suddenly, one of the hands of the ogre reaches out and grabs Greg by the leg. They're trying to escape with everything they could have, but they were stuck in place. And Sammy was frozen. Because in his head, all he could hear was, You know, Sammy, I know I'm usually the bad guy here, but I think it's time we do something. Do you remember that spell I taught you yesterday? What was it? Oh yeah, Cruciatus. I think it's about time you pull that one out of the old bag there, Sammy. What do you say? Sammy stared down at his wand, furious. Furious at this ogre for nearly killing his friends. Furious at this ogre for refusing to release Greg from his grasp. Sammy Magic was furious as he casts Cruciatus! And Sammy watches as a violent red beam of light shoots out of the end of his wand, coming into contact with the skull of that ogre, whose eyes begin to wince, whose tears begin to well up in the corners of those eyes, and whose entire body recoils in pain, going into a fetal position, crying for agony, crying for mercy, but Sammy would not let up. Harmony and Greg were already safe. They were running behind Sammy, but Sammy wouldn't relent, holding on as that voice in his head continued to scream, Yes, Sammy! Yes, Sammy! Do it! Do it, boy! Do it! Sammy's eyes were glazing over. The pain was overtaking him. The the ogre's eyes rolled into the back of his head until finally Greg managed to pull him away. What are you doing? What was that? I... I don't know. Sammy responds as Greg and Harmony both look at him in fear. That same fear that Sammy has seen before. That same fear that he's seen from his family. And Sammy nearly broke down in tears. Until he felt a hand on his shoulder. Sammy looked over that shoulder and followed that arm up to the face of Alan Grumblebum himself, who stared down at Sammy and remarked, We need to talk. Thank you for listening to the mini adventures of Sammy Magic. And an extra thank you goes to all the people who help this show happen on our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash a load of BS to support the entire BS network and all of its productions. Additional thanks to Umbria for our music and to Orion Ibert from the Lavender Lemonade Collective for our album art. As always, make sure to go to merch.aloadofpurebs.com and pick up some Sammy Magic merch. All of the proceeds from our merch go to trans and POC charities. Every single little bit can help. 
And let me end by reminding you that the mini-adventures of Sammy Magic are a work of complete and total parody. Which means, you can't sue me.